Happy Thanksgiving, Clinical Pearls family. I hope that we choose to be grateful and thankful every day, not just on one day out of the year. And that's my one beef. Well, should I say turkey? No, it's my one beef with the whole Thanksgiving holiday. I think it's absolutely wonderful that we take at least one day and we spend time with family and friends and we make a willful act to be thankful. That's super important. But what the data now shows, what the science really has proven, is that if gratitude and thankfulness are not left for just one day out of the year, but if it's practiced as a habit, if it's a willful act, you have to be deliberate in your gratitude. Well, there's overall health benefits there as well. And they're not just all psychological. There's real physical benefits too. And we now know through science that being grateful and being thankful can actually rewire your brain and help you break something called the negativity bias. So as we entered this Thanksgiving day today, I just want to remind you that being thankful and being grateful really is evidence-based. <laughs> there is something to that. So I want to cover that very quickly in a very targeted episode. This is not so much about women's health, but it's about just health overall and how we can really make the best of this short time that we have on this planet called life. So happy Thanksgiving and let's cover very briefly the science and the art of gratitude. Our goal is to keep everyone up to date in practicing evidence-based medicine because medicine moves real fast. This is Clinical Pearls. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The whole idea for this episode came from a very brief conversation I had just yesterday. I had to leave the office a little later than I planned to because I had to finish up some work. And I saw a coworker and I said, hey, have a great Thanksgiving, have time with family and friends. And this person said, well, yeah, I won't really have Thanksgiving because I have to work. And while I understand the idea, and, and by the way, that statement wasn't said in a sour kind of way at all. It was just very matter of fact. Um, but then I got in my car and I started thinking, uh, well, I can't have Thanksgiving because I have to work. But those are two different things. I mean, you can still have Thanksgiving at work or you can still have Thanksgiving even though you have to go to work. So those are very, very interesting concepts. And I started thinking, wow, the words that we say uh, really do matter. Something I've tried to tell my kids for years. Um, and I've tried to stop saying I have to go to work. <laughs> and, I, and I try to make a, a conscious, uh, willful move to say I get to go to work. I mean, it's those little things that really do send off signals in our brain. Which gets me to this next point. If you're working today, I'm thankful for you. We're all thankful for anybody who has to work today, especially our uh, people in healthcare, our first responders, of course, our military. I mean, there's people who have to go to work today. Uh, and my call schedule is always on a rotation. So some years I get to be on call, other years I don't. 
And, and that's why it has to be deeper than just this one day practice of thanksgiving. Now, as we get back to the message, I think it's important to make this distinction between gratitude and being thankful. It's not semantics. I mean, if you take a look at psychology literature and mindfulness authors, it really is a different issue here. See, gratitude is a state of mind. That's, that's something that you have to put yourself in. That's the state of gratitude. But being thankful for something is an actual practice. It's an action that we can control. But it's hard to be thankful if you're not in that mindset of gratitude. Does that make sense? And you're like, man, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, uh, no, it, it's not just semantics. There really is a lot here. Trust me. And I don't want to go that deep into it because I do want to hit the science of it. But very quickly, in order for us to be thankful, we have to be obviously grateful, right? And that's an important issue is that sometimes it's hard to be grateful for things, especially when you feel overworked. I mean, there's bad stuff on the news. You may be dealing with a, a relationship that's having issues. I get that. That's life. But there's always something to be grateful for. One of the leading experts on gratitude, yeah, there's experts on gratitude. I'm thankful for that. But you'll see this name pop up if you do some research. Uh, and I follow this thing. I, I, I know you've heard my story many times before. I think you have. And if you don't, you can go over to um, Google and go into TEDx and you put in Chapa uh, Memento Mori um, and you'll get that whole perspective and why this actually matters to me quite a bit. But there's a name in this uh, psychology circles on gratitude and mindfulness that keeps popping up. And it's Robert Emmons. Robert Emmons is a psychology professor and gratitude researcher at UC Davis. Right? He's been around for a long time, has a lot of great work out there. And I like how he explains that this whole issue of gratitude really has two parts. The first part is just the recognition, making a willful attempt to affirm that good things have happened to us or that we, we've been recipients of some good things in our lives. Of course, I'm not talking just material issues, although those things are fine. I'm talking about deeper things. We have our health. We have family. We have an opportunity to help others get healthy with our profession. It's that recognition that we've been recipients of good things. And then the second part of gratitude is acknowledging that it doesn't come just from ourselves. In other words, some of these things come from outside of ourselves, and that allows us to be grateful towards others. Emmons and another colleague, Michael McCullough, from the University of Miami, published a study in 2015 that looked at the physical outcomes of practicing gratitude. And I thought this study was very, very cool. One third of the subjects in the study were asked to keep a daily journal of things that happened during the week for which they were grateful. Another third was asked to write down irritations or events that made them annoyed. And then the last third of the group were asked to write down daily situations and events with no emphasis on either positive or negative emotional attachments. In other words, very matter of fact, just the facts, and to write those down kind of as a narrative or, or as a recall or a record of what happened that week. At the end of the 10-week study, each group were asked to record how they felt physically and in general about life. In other words, simply by being grateful, making a willful act, and taking time to actually write those things down, they had, in effect, rewired their brain and canceled out their inherent negativity bias. By the way, we all have this negativity bias. That's in the TEDx program on Memento Mori that I did, and it's fascinating, so I do encourage you to, to spend time and look at that. Actually, it's a great Thanksgiving kind of message. No plug for my TEDx talk, but I think you'll gain something from that, and it's a very transparent uh, time. 
And, and actually, when I was practicing for that, uh, one of the TEDx organizers said, man, are you sure you want to put this out there? Uh, and the answer was yes. I'm, you know, why can't we all just be transparent? Half of that whole discussion on, on TEDx, on my presentation, is, man, look, here my, I got issues. Uh, I'm just trying to, to get better. Uh, and so I think it'd be really a, a good listening thing today uh, for Thanksgiving. Boy, that was not supposed to be in the script. But nonetheless, uh, I went there. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Other research into the physical effects of gratitude have reported even more tangible results. Focusing on the positive and feeling grateful can improve sleep quality, it can reduce anxiety, and helps alleviate depression. Also, levels of gratitude correlate to better moods and less fatigue and inflammation, reducing the risk of heart failure, even for those who are susceptible. Reasons why gratitude is so impactful to health and well-being begins obviously in the brain. In a neurological experiment conducted by researchers at UCLA, brain activity was measured using magnetic resonance imaging in subjects and they were induced to feel gratitude by receiving gifts. The areas of the brain showing increased activity were the anterior cingulate cortex and the medial prefrontal cortex. Oh, I know you don't remember what the heck those areas of the brain do because neither did I. I had to look those up. Look, we're women's health, but it's important to recognize that those areas that we just mentioned, those parts of the brain, are those associated with moral and social cognition. They're the ones activated with reward, empathy, and valued judgment. This led the researchers to conclude that the emotion of gratitude supports a positive and supportive attitude towards others and a feeling of relief from stressors. Gratitude activates the hypothalamus as well, with downstream effects on metabolism, stress, and various behaviors. The hypothalamus is located, of course, at the base of the brain, and it's that regulation center for many critical functions. This can include functions like body temperature, emotional responses, survival function, and of course, sleep. And that's that tie-in to sleep. One of the neurochemicals associated with the parts of the brain affected by gratitude is dopamine, and the second one is serotonin. Yep, those can actually be tracked once mindfulness or gratitude is actually expressed, and it actually does help brain levels of dopamine and serotonin. Now, you know I'm not going to tell you something touchy-feely like that without giving you the reference, right? I mean, you know me better than that. Well, even though there's lots of references here, the one that I find most interesting that used this functional MRI was published in Cerebral Cortex. Yeah, that's a journal. And back in 2009, and the lead author was Roland Zan. The title was Neural Basis of Human Social Values, Evidence from Functional MRIs. Oh, and check this out. This is kind of interesting. Because the practice of gratitude is also linked to that part of the brain that's part of the reward system, one of the things that makes us happy is actually giving. All right, we've heard it all before. Oh, it's better to give than to receive. Well, that's just not written in some ancient text. It's actually neuroscience. <laughs> this was actually proven in December in 2017 in the journal Frontiers of Human Neuroscience with the lead author, Christina Carnes. This was fascinating. 
That study actually found that when you practice gratitude, a part of the brain that we've already kind of touched on, the prefrontal cortex, but more specifically, the ventriculomedial prefrontal cortex gets activated. What the authors found, and when they did their, their linking as to what that part of the brain does, well, they found that that's the part of the brain specifically linked to pure altruism. Altruism, that means the act of just doing good to others. That basically means that our brain craves this experience of doing good to someone else. So when we recognize that good has been done towards us, the brain actually wants us to experience that by giving good to someone else. Is that wild or what? In this study, two groups of participants were asked to write in a journal every day for three weeks. The first group was given general prompts unrelated to gratitude, but the second group was prompted to write about specific things that they were grateful for. Well, at the end of that study interval, functional MRI scans found that those that practiced and wrote about gratitude had greater activation, not just in the prefrontal cortex, but a specific area of it called the ventriculomenial prefrontal cortex. And once again, that's a part of the brain that's linked to neural pure altruism. Can't get into that right now because we don't have the time. But neural pure altruism in people who have that part of the brain highlighted tend to be much more giving individuals. Look, podcast family, I love women's health. I love what I do. But I just find the whole brain thing in psychology super interesting. I mean, in another life, I think I would totally would do uh, psychology or counseling or neuroscience or something. Uh, I just think it's so amazing. I mean, it just we, we, when we step back and actually take a look at the data, just these simple acts uh, of gratitude can really change our overall perspective, not just mentally, but physically as well. And I think that's one of our problems. We're always on the go. We're always doing something. Uh, we're, you know, we're working a bunch of hours. And, and again, the, there's a time and place for that. And I definitely don't have a great work-life balance. I'm getting better. But I mean, I do love to work. I have a family that supports uh, my efforts, like even doing this podcast. But we, we're always on the go. We don't take time to actually stop and be grateful. Isn't that interesting that rates of depression and anxiety are just through the roof? And no, I'm not saying that all anxiety and depression can be cured just by being more grateful. I'm not. I mean, there's times that medication is needed. Trust me, I know that more than you know. Uh, And again, interesting side plug again for the TEDx because that will tell you why I know that more than you know. Uh, But it definitely has a role here. I mean, we can't let medicine do everything. We have to do something to change our our behavior, our neurochemistry, which changes our neurobehavior. And the practice of gratitude is just at the center of that whole concept, all right? So again, on Thanksgiving, it's a perfect day to go over this, that being grateful, it shouldn't be just left for one day, even if you have to work. It should be a daily practice. And I'm not saying you have to kind of make an hour out of your day and write in a journal. I do that. I think it's super helpful. Uh, You can even do that on your phone. There's things that you can do uh, rather than scrolling on Facebook, uh, although you can follow us on Facebook too, <laughs> you can sc- rather than doing that, write write down something that you're grateful for, and I'm telling you, you're doing yourself a treat and a medical good by helping rewire your brain. Well, I hope you found this podcast just a little bit encouraging. Well, I hope you found this podcast encouraging and inspirational. 
I don't want it to be motivational because motivation sometimes can get you to point A to point B and then you kind of drop it. It's beyond motivation. I hope this inspired you to kind of look at life differently. No one's life is perfect. It's not. Look, I've got issues. I'll be saying it right now. There's issues. Everybody has issues. But when we concentrate on those issues rather than the good that we have in our lives, this gets us into this negative downward spiral. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for our health. I'm thankful that our kids are well-adjusted and they seem to be goal-oriented. They have no neurodevelopmental delays. I'm thankful that we have a home. I'm thankful that we've got food in the refrigerator. I'm thankful that I'm doing this podcast with a cup of coffee uh, on my desk. I'm thankful for so many things. And it's so easy for us to gripe about things that we want or don't have. I'm thankful for you as our podcast family. So have a great Thanksgiving and we'll see you on another episode of Clinical Pearls.